Alright guys, and welcome to this special Amsterdam edition of Below the Bar. In this episode, expect to find out what we got up to in the red light district, how we fared at the world's largest fitness competition, and why Guinness is fundamentally overrated. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to... We, are we, this is our first episode together, it's not, it's the second one together since our guest, isn't it? What? Well, since our guest, we've had one... One to get. I'm losing track because we've, no, we've had two. <clears throat> two. Yes, yeah, so we did. So we had Gaz, yeah. and then we had your unpopular opinions, part one and two. Uh, okay, that's what confused me because we did part one and two. Yeah, and the fact we've just been scheduling them all over the place now. So this is like the first episode we're now doing that's, that's back on the normal schedule. Yeah, so we did have a backlog of pod class, but we've exhausted that now. Yeah, because we basically just wrapped for the last two weeks. That's yeah, <laughs> so we recorded like four within two days or something. And, and we got we got we landed from Amsterdam at seven this morning. I've yeah, been up, we've been up since four. It's now eleven a.m. in the morning. In fact, this is the earliest we've ever recorded a podcast. I think. Yeah, it's certainly the uh, least amount of sleep I've had. So this could be interesting. Yeah, cognitively. Gonna, cognitively, we're already on reserve fuel tank. Yeah, but uh, I mean we've got we've got something to cover, so that's that's good. But the um, the sort of saving grace is that next week we're going to try something that hopefully is going to perk us up. We might just have to have to do the same experiment. So next week we'll like we'll stay up and then we'll get up at four a.m. again, and then we'll record it at eleven again, and then we'll see if that drink actually does anything. Yeah, well you're not naming it in case we got like a court case. No, just just so I can announce it next week. Probably probably know, but. People probably know if you're in the space, you probably know what we're on about. Mm. Uh, if not, then well, just sit tight and you'll find out. Yeah, we haven't ordered it yet because we're fucking slow on the mark, slow off the mark because we're wrap hands, <coughs> as we've covered. Yeah, so helmet of the week first. Back into the usual structure. Helmet of the week. Yeah, and so all of the usual segments this week, obviously given that it's the, the damn special, mm. are going to be Amsterdam-related. Lovely stuff. So it's all nice and congruous. Yeah. So that's the only structure we've got, pretty much. Yeah, I don't, Everything actually, else have any note, I don't actually have any notes for the first time ever, so that's going to end well. Yeah, and I never have notes. So that's, that's yeah, no change for me there. Um, so, Helmet of the Week is... Well, it's actually a re- repeat offender. I think we did already do this one, but this they is, deserve their airtime because they're cunts. I think this is the first repeat offender. Yeah, it is. He's double badged. Mm, two, so, t- two tours of Afghan. Right. A bit like you, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Helmet of the Week this week is airport security, specifically British, British air, airport security. Uh, and this was just highlighted on the way there when we got stopped for an unnecessary like 45 minutes. Going through airport security at British Airport has to be one of the most soul-destroying experiences on planet Earth. So I will say, when I travelled by myself last week, it was fine because it's just me. And if you get through, that's fine. But if there's like two or three of you, because you've got to wait for everyone, someone inevitably is going to get stopped. Someone's going to get pinged for fuck all. It's always fuck all. And you know what, Rob? I actually know people that have actually take, like, accidentally taken like drugs or knives or something through airport security and have gotten away with it but then people like me you know stalwart of the local community always get pinged heroes heroes yeah. yeah always get pinged and you don't get the respect you deserve I do you? no yeah so so anyway we um we were going through and Eddie's bag goes over to the other the other side the dark side uh, and the 
they're just such a power trip. But I mean, they 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 don't like order anyway. Like you're you're about fourth in the queue, and some reason they went fucking behind you and then came back to the front. It was like they were just avoiding your bag at all costs. Yeah, uh, I, th- I mean, I think we already we've previously addressed the kind of mindset that it takes to work in like border control or airport security. You basically have to have a massive chip on your shoulder, and mm. you have to hate your own existence. They're the two precursors. They're the, the opening two questions in an interview for that job. You Are you bitter and jaded? And do you want to ruin people's day? You're in. <laughs> You're in, yeah. So this was exemplified when you were sat comfortably. Yeah, so usefully, right, what they do is they'll confiscate your bag and then make you wait there like a theatre for the poor before they then search it. With but, nothing to do or nowhere to sit. Yeah, well, that's the key point. They don't provide any seating. So you, you me, took matters into your own hands, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, so me being the creative that I am, decided to repurpose a table as a seat. It's not really a table, it's kind of like seat height, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of like a high ledge. It's, a, it's a hybrid between a seat and a table. Yeah, anyway, this ledge is obviously designed for you to put your bag on, not your arse. Uh, and my friend, Mr. Airport Security, didn't take too kindly to my repurposing of his ledge. MR. Yeah. We'll, we'll call him for We'll call him MR. But, uh, yeah, so... It, he, he and he could have just said, "Mate, uh, can you not sit on that that ledge? We've got a kind of rule, or whatever." But he decided to take the the passive aggressive approach, didn't he? Yeah, just, just role play. You can you can act as MR. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, picture the scene. Eddie's just sat sat comfortably, mind his own business. We're chatting about chatting away, probably you know, calling him on cunts like we normally are. But um, yeah, so MR pipes up. Comfortable there, are you, mate? Yeah, I am. Can you get down, please? Yeah. Oh, that's good, isn't it? So he, in his head there, he's at his Hollywood moment. And I've shat myself and immediately got down. And instead, I've just, I just have told him I am comfy, which is why I'm sat there, funnily enough. Yeah, I mean, it's just a weird way to go about that, that interaction, isn't it? Because you don't really need to be... Because nothing's happened up to that point. You know, you haven't had a run-in with him before. You don't really need to be that aggressive. So he could have just said, mate, can you get down? And that would have been sweet. And at no, at nowhere does it actually say you can't sit on that ledge. No, that's just his kind of making that up. So like everything else in the airport is signposted. Yeah. So true. And then you had against it, mate. Put a sign up your hat. You probably will now, mate. <laughs> mate, matters worse. When they actually went through your bag, the fucking the issue, right? What was the issue? The issue was the C four pre workout that I decided to bring for a high rocks. Oh yeah, we didn't use. Yeah. Um. So you you know you bag up the liquids obviously in a clear plastic bag. You'd left two bits that weren't bagged up god yeah. forbid yeah so there were two two discrepancies uh effectively that i would I'd fall and foul of in their eyes so the first one being the aforementioned c4 pre-workout which mm. granted isn't the best name for a pre-workout that you're going to take through airport security yeah they've not thought that through really have they no so you've got c4 in your bag that's good <laughs> isn't it which you then pointed out and he didn't find funny he didn't know. <laughs> he didn't. <yeah. laughs> uh, and then the second one, like Shep just said, was you're obviously supposed to have those kind of disposable clear plastic bags for your toiletries. I actually just have a clear toiletry bag that's zip up. So I'm trying to save the planet. That's not good enough. And mate. he didn't like that. No. So what he did is he took my toiletries out of my clear reusable toiletry bag tried to put them in one of the disposable ones and then couldn't fit them which is why i have them in a bigger toiletry bag yeah and then he then he went mate you're gonna have to throw this away because uh it can't fit in the bag i was like and i went can you not use another bag 
And he went, nah, and nah, mate. You that was like a, a crazy suggestion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, mate, it's one bag per person, one bag per one person. One bag per person. So, so then it. you, to be fair, quick thinking, went, well, can I just not put some of his toiletries in my bag? And he went, yeah, mate, if they'll fit. Yeah. So then he proceeded to put, to dis- evenly distribute the toiletry bags and then put them in the same tray. So I've still got two bags. Yeah, so his aforementioned rule of you can only have one bag per person was now two bags per one tray and that was now going back through so ideally if that was an actual rule you know that was recognised that would have been flagged up again but it wasn't yeah basically the overarching lesson here is basically there are no hard and fast rules at airport security these power hungry saddos basically make up the rules as they go along as and when they see fit and we can compare this to Shipol airport that we went through this morning which was I'll say a sensational experience. It was actually a very pleasant experience to say that you've basically been screened for potentially being a terrorist or an airport threat. Pretty much no queue. Everyone's like, bear in mind it's five a.m. Everyone's got a smile on their face. Everyone's fucking welcoming. That's that's not that's fundamental. Uh, And when you go, you don't have to take anything out of your bag because you've got these techie fucking scanners. So you put your bag in, and mine got flagged, didn't it? But it took about two minutes. Yeah, he was proper sound about it as well. He goes, "Ah, it was this, mate," and I was like, "Sweet." Yeah, that was it. Happy days. They're like piping whale music through the speakers. It's yeah. all calm. You could be airport security. Could be a bit of yoga retreat. Yeah, you never know. And the other discrepancy that I found—I mean, it's quite surface level. This and bear with me, but uh, the uh, the staff in Birmingham were of a, cer- how, how, of a certain ilk. How can we how can we word this uh, in a politically correct manner? That's not my strong suit. No, basically they're fat and ugly. Yeah, I like that. You've yeah. got to call a, yeah. Sometimes you've got to call a spade a spade. But you can't box around it, can you? Uh, and then but I think this feeds into our theory that they have to be bitter and jaded because if you looked gopping... You would be bitter and jaded. You would, probably would be bitter and jaded because if you've rapped on your own appearance, then you're certainly going to rap on your customer service, aren't you? Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, and anyway, to contrast this, in Chipol Airport, they're good looking, most of them. Yeah, they're a 10 out of 10 stunner. They did have one, yeah. Stuck out like a sore thumb. But anyway, so I think that that's a big difference. But So we'll move on from how we're the It's week. funny because we're going abroad again in a month. So I can only imagine that airport security is going to come up again. And They'll I, clock up again. And then in January, we're going to American airport security. Oh, that's going to be fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to lose my head. <laughs> if, the, if, the, if the podcast dry up in January, it's because I've been detained by a TSA or whatever they're called. Uh, and I'm actually in Guantanamo being waterboarded. It'd be a good roundup episode For- <laughs> after that though, wouldn't it? Or uh, sarcastically, uh, in, in in what's the oh, I've lost my head. What? Intimidating, imitating, yeah. imitating a that's terrorist. It. There we go. That's it. We got there in the end. Anyway, um, yeah. So that's helmet of the week. So the second time again. They're probably on for the hat trick now. So can I'm only imagine. Probably got to give it him just just because. Anyway, yeah. uh, let's move on. So the topic of today's episode, as as the title and intro will suggest, is. Uh, kind of trip to Amsterdam this weekend, which included a, a few different elements. Yeah, so there's a, there's a few different sections to break up here, isn't there? Because if we just try and ramble through it, it will be even more of a mess than that segment was. Yeah, and that was a bit of a mess. So if we go through it chronologically, I think that's probably the best way. Well, I think we should break it up into high rocks and then kind of... Uh, after high rocks. After high rocks, <laughs> yeah, like... Well, that, funny enough, is B-H-A-H. Yeah. Before Christ, after Christ. Um, so let's box High Rocks off first, because that's probably the more information-heavy section of the podcast. Yeah, so we should we start with what it is, I guess? 
Most top. Have we covered that before? I think so. I don't know. No, probably. I think we made the. Dist- well, I think we have made the distinction in the cross in the CrossFit debate episode. If you've not seen that, that was one of the early ones. Yeah, that was so good. Didn't go that? back and watch that if you haven't already. Yeah. Um, so effectively, it's a fitness competition where you can either do individuals or you can do pairs. We did pairs. It's always the same workout. So it's like eight kilometers of running, broken up each kilometer with a different functional fitness station functional fitness in inverted commas because it's a bit of a wonky word but um yeah so it's eight eight kilometers of running punctuated with eight different functional fitness exercise stations it's supposedly kind of marketed as like a functional fitness event but it's more a test of your ability to be good at compromise running effectively it's not it's it's marketed as, as like the the test of fitness or the you know the fitness race of whatever but it's nice your ability to be a zone four hat and you, your know, ability you know to, how I feel about zone four hats it's your ability to run and then do a little bit of stuff in between if you can get through the stations without absolutely dying uh, but you're a good runner you'll be good at high rocks yeah basically you'd be a good runner well yeah I mean there are, it's not it's not a hybrid event no but there no. are like the, those stations a couple of them if you weren't at a certain level of strength you would just stop True, but I but the way so like we did it in one hour five minutes, yeah, and forty minutes of that was running. Yeah, so, that's mental. So even if you didn't have kind of maybe the the requisite strength to do like the sled pull or the sled push quickly, because it's so running heavy, if you were a good runner, you'd still compensate for that with quick kilometer runs. Yeah, well, you'd make up for it. Like, so say if you lost half an hour on the sleds, no, not half an hour, sorry, like thirty seconds, half a minute on the sleds. But you're still doing like four twenty, four fifteen kilometers. True, yeah, you'd, you'd still easily make that up. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> if you if you lost like, even if you lost half a minute on every station, that's what eight minutes, half a minute, four minutes. That's fuck all. Yeah, that's what Mad, I mean because it? it's so running centric, so skewed towards running. I think what they've done is, well, they've attempted to make it accessible, haven't they, to everyone? And that's their kind of tagline: is, is anyone could do it, and that's true. Um, however. It's definitely not a balanced and even test. We did we did hold our own, I think. Yeah, we did sound say that we kind of we went in there with kind of not well. To be fair, we did prep for it, but like it wasn't not specifically though. Not specifically, no. We try and keep our as many irons in the fire as possible, don't we? Yeah. So like we were we were doing high rocks prep, high rocks prep, but we were still squatting heavy every week we're still yeah. doing all the rest of it so it's not really high rocks prep is it no, so, and, and also we didn't really do our kind of we didn't squat up on like the rules or like little hacks or so we basically just turned up with an open mind and we just wanted to see what it was about follow the leader yeah it was approach. good to be fair good good event very good event it was good I'd do another one uh, it's stinking at the time but you know on reflection it was enjoyable it is enjoyable the only thing I'd say is it's just a lot of running around in circles yeah, I, I certainly would, probably wouldn't want to do a singles one. No, that would be stinking. Because then you would be on your own. Or you'd be fucked as well. You'd like, be, you'd, it's a lot of graft to do on your own. That. It's a, so this is the distinction as well. So the doubles we did, to be fair, the um, stations aren't that hard because you share the, share the work and the weight's lighter, which doesn't make any sense, but the weight's lighter. The individual pro would be stinking. Like you're doing a full kilometre ski and then fucking off again. Then a full kilometre row, and then off again. And then you've got to like the sleds heavier, the farmers walks heavier, the wall balls heavier. Like it, it's all that's horrendous. Yeah, and it's not even like you're running a a race, like a marathon or something. You can just put your AirPods in and zone out because you need to be in comms with people. 
you know, because there are you know there are judges at every station guiding yeah. you and shit. You got to switch on. You got to be switched on. So it's not like you can just put a podcast or music and zone out. Like you're just left with your own thoughts. Yeah, for well, the entirety yeah, of the race, gotta, basically. You've got to kind of immerse yourself in the whole in the atmosphere of the event. I find because that can almost be the substitute for your AirPods or your, your audio book or whatever. Because if you can try and I don't know use that as a distraction or use the energy of fucking people watching you people cheering you on to, to take you through and that's that's fine I don't feel like I would I would have wanted uh, AirPods and I said the same about London, London Marathon anything like that where it's well attended and it's well cheered on all that kind of thing I, I like to just be be there and not have headphones I think it takes away from the experience I agree with the London Marathon one because that is very unique High Rocks I probably would have preferred to have AirPods in maybe I don't know I, speak, I think for doubles, it's not that bad because again, you're sharing stuff and no. For double, no. I mean, if I was to do it as an individual, I'd definitely want AirPods. Yeah, individual would be fucking horrendous. I'd probably have to do one at one point. That's fucking. That'd take some training. I'd I'd want a, a decent showing. That'd take a lot. I'd only ever do doubles. Yeah, Fuck that. That stink has way too much running and fizz to do on your own. That <laughs> way too much fizz. Um. So yeah, like for for us in terms of like our strength, our strong points. I think like obviously the running's the one that we could have improved on, but that's just because we're heavier than most people. I think um, the sleds were felt everything really felt heavier than it normally does, apart from the wall balls. The wall ball felt so easy. Can't quite square that away in my mind. Why that's still a thing, to be honest. They need to adjust that. It's, it's literally just a hundred air squats. It's fuck all. And it's the last station as well, so it doesn't really make any sense because it's like surely you'd punctuate that. You'd use that to punctuate the actual whole event by putting it in the middle or something to give people a bit of respite yeah I don't know because well, aren't the two sleds back to back yeah so pull, that makes no push. sense either separate them a bit well they're very, they're a different movement though massively like in terms of like physiologically what you're getting from it they are massively different. I know but it just doesn't like you've just been on the sled like mentally give yeah, me something else they're not trying else. to make it easy lad that's not the idea no it would, it would make it more engaging it's, in, it's within their interest you know they're, they're the ones that supposedly call it like the best fitness event going or whatever well they're trying to make it like best from like a balanced fizz point of view and they haven't struck that balance but that's what they're trying to do I think and the 100 war balls at 9 kilos would be horrendous so it's just like you can't change the order just because it's lighter I think you should make the war balls heavier and take some weight off the sled then it'd be even wor- even more of like a endurance event there'd be nothing strength wise if the sled was lighter there'd be fuck all because it'd just be a cardio event then but it is a cardio event because sled, sleds are because sleds are, are like part strength, part conditioning, aren't they? As an exercise. Yeah, but if you weren't strong, you couldn't do it. Yeah, but we said you can still do it because even if you lost like thirty seconds or a minute on the sleds, if no. you were just a if you were just a spindle pin, you sometimes wouldn't be able to use, move the sled. Like that wouldn't move. Yeah, but like most, like you could move it. Like you could, yeah, because you're strong. But if you just ran, you have no strength in the legs. No, like there's no way. You'd, a grown man would still be able to move it even if it took them ages and then they'd still make it up by sending the runs maybe yeah obviously it's heavily skewed so for example we ran like you said for 40 minutes and the longest other station we did was 4 minutes so it's a 10th I think Athex is a more balanced event and a better measure 100% and a better measure of actual hybrid performance it is but that's only indivi- only doubles when when they bring out an individual one I would, I would, de- I would agree um, but I th- yeah and, and the hot 
High Rocks and CrossFit are like they're both too niche. I think it's like CrossFit you have to be good at CrossFit wads, which is not really transferable. High Rocks you have to be just really good at running, which isn't really anything to do with strength. So CrossFit's like so they're both a little bit too niche. I think for their own good. Athletic strikes a good balance in between. What are we talking about this? Where athletics you've got to like so for the pro you've got to do a front squat, a shoulder to overhead, and pull ups. That's your strength bit. So front squat's like obviously lower body strength and mobility, overhead strength and mobility again, and then body weight relative strength. So all of those are good, and then you've got the middle bit which is conditioning, which is all aerobic, and then you've fucking explosive little bit in the end. So in athletics you still run five k. So you're only running... One partner does. Yeah, but really. you're, you're only running like 3K less than High Rocks, but like psychologically, it feels like there's so much less running involved. Because it's all concentrated in one one place. Yeah, I like, like that. When we'd done three stations, I was saying to you, 5K left, but it fucking 5K felt like forever, didn't it? Yeah. Um, But I think there, there wasn't anything... I was actually worried, not worried, but I was like concerned that I thought after some of the stations like the leggier ones like the lunges and the sleds I thought my running's just going to be fucked there's no way but actually didn't really affect it affected maybe the first 150 metres and then you're fine mm. it's far too much running I mean we, we're going around in circles here basically High Rocks is good but don't expect it to be a kind of accurate representation of how much of a hybrid athlete you are because it's basically going to be a measure of how good you are at running well, yeah, it's not hybrid because it's not endurance or strength it's kind of in the middle which is because if you're training for high rocks you're training for a specific thing whereas hybrid training is, is disparate in disparate disciplines isn't it um you have to train endurance and all out strength really that's proper hybrid stuff um but i think it's like a, as an accessible enjoyable fitness event high rocks is pretty good and it's well run like you get your photos quickly you kind of it's all it's pretty it's pretty good in terms of investment and stuff because they, they are it's not like it's not wasn't that expensive for us but i think the english ones are and they obviously make loads of money off it but i think they they invest a fair bit back in yeah which well, is you'd important expect them to because they've got fucking deep pockets yeah well i mean that new ne- the netherland one which we did which was like the only one i've seen under 100 pound each was the, that's why i chose it it was fucking 99 quid a ticket it's pretty good mm. the, most of them are almost double that i think birmingham was like 180 each yeah I mean, I'm glad we did do the Amsterdam one. It's a bit of a false economy if you chose that one because it was cheapest because we then had to go to Amsterdam. Yeah, but then you got an Amsterdam trip out of it. Yeah, I know, but like, it's not, it doesn't really wash if you said it's cheapest. Cause we spent yeah, but we could have done the Malmo one in fucking... Where's that? Yeah, but who used to fucking Sweden? Well, you could have done that one. That would have been more for the actual ticket and you've had to go to Sweden. Yeah, but no one does that. No one wants they, to they go... Do. No one grows up wanting to go to Malmo, lad. Well, true. True, I don't know. No one even knows where Malmo is. No, I didn't until High Rocks was there. Yeah, I only know because I'm a geography north. Yeah, well, that's... You wouldn't want to do it there anyway. They're all fucking seven foot eight Swedish blokes. You we said that about the Dutch hat. blokes. Yeah, they were. Mm, well, yeah. It's also weird because you get set off in like waves, don't you? So mm. You have no idea where you are at all. Like, it's not like you have a, a heat and you know, oh, fucking hell, I'm like four third, whatever. I like that though. But it's you probably weird, didn't it? like that because you couldn't, you couldn't create like an arbitrary competition. I still did. You know? I was still like running behind people like, okay, I'll stay behind them and then I'll pass them. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always do that. It's just a bit of motivation. Yeah. It takes my mind off the fucking running. Cause you're running around in, literally running around in circles. It's mental. Yeah, I just zoned out. Yeah, I know. 
That's do what I that. always do. Just gives them a happy place. It's mental that. I don't know how you do that. Well, I'm literally, I'm just doing the same as you. I just don't need to bring someone else into it. I just go to my happy place. Yeah, but then you're not concentrating, so you miss yeah. things. I'm I'm trying to I'm like hyper focusing on the actual thing that I'm doing, and that's what gets me. I kind of threw it, I guess. But and it's the same as like on the marathon when I hung out. I was like hyper focusing on the pace I was doing, the pace I was trying to hold, and the rest, and how I was feeling. Like that's how I kind of manage things because I have to stay engaged with it. I can't just because if I mentally go to my happy place, then I, I physically will wrap because I won't be like holding myself accountable. You know I'll just put it on autopilot and bring the shutters down. That's all I'd equate it to. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, yeah, I could. I understand what you're doing, but I, I think in a competition space, it's not not very helpful. Because uh, uh, we've gone over this though. Like, I, just fucking, I can't be arsed with competitions, can I? No. Too in, so weird. Too enlightened for that, right? That's that's good, isn't it? It's a bit too pro- enlightened to push yourself. A bit primitive, isn't it, to compare yourself to other people? Everything's primitive, lad. I uh, compare myself to myself because I'm the best, so why try harder? And you lose every time. Um, yeah, I, I, everything we do is primitive, lad. So you've got to kind of got to lean into that a little bit. Mm. Lean into your primitive urges. I tread my own path. Yeah, right. Apart from the fact I go off the beaten track. Yeah. <laughs> intrusive thoughts. Um, You're getting a lot of intrusive thoughts. That is recently. a sleep depth. Yeah, Shep sleep de- sleep deprived, nice. uh, and I'm sleep deprived. Yeah. And you can probably tell yeah, that. That's good, isn't it? Um, yeah, we, well, we both are. We fucking got up at four a.m. Stupid. Yeah. Anyway, we need to up the energy in here because it's getting a bit flat now. Probably lost half listeners. Cause that's good. Chewing your ear off. Uh, oh, so what's next? So let's move on to the fun part of the weekend. Yeah. Let's Eddie look. likes to pretend he doesn't enjoy fitness, but you know that's just him kind of trying to be cool. I don't like talking about fitness. Yeah, he does I get it. I know this. I've started a fitness podcast with yeah, you, which funny. is good. But yeah. uh, realistically, it's a fitness podcast. It's not really though. We haven't. Done it, own, yeah, in name only. Isn't yeah, we it? haven't really done an episode on fitness. No, and I like that. But, yeah. This yeah. is this is just an outlet for me to gob off. Yeah, we and I'm all, can tell. And I'm all for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Next, then we obviously finished. and needed to scran immediately, so we went, went and sort, sort out some of that. We had a bit of a plan of action, didn't we? We were like. I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna get food, and then we had to go shopping because your fucking jeans ripped. And then we were out, and that was us then. Yeah. So we'd actually. F- so the whole point of the weekend was to do high rocks in Amsterdam, and by Saturday morning, we'd actually Saturday morning at nine a.m. We'd actually done high rocks. Like that we was were, class. We were it? out the convention centre, and then we had all of Saturday and all of Sunday to enjoy Amsterdam. That was really. It felt like ages as well. Yeah, it was a full full weekend. So if we'd just gone there as tourists, we probably wouldn't have woken up on the Saturday morning until nine anyway. No chance. Yeah, uh, and that's when did we get there? We got there at like Friday afternoon. Yeah, like three three o'clock. So we had a good amount of time. Solid weekend that we that's got. Really we good. got a lot of bang for our buck in that regard. Yeah, and that's that is another good point about those high rocks or FX events. They're fucking over like in an hour. It's insane. Compared to CrossFit, it's all day. If that was a CrossFit event, you'd have gone at seven and you'd have finished at half three. Yeah. And, and then you'd, be, I'd still you'd have, be fucked. I'd still have nothing to show for it, so I'd rather just do it in an hour. Yeah, exactly. And, and you'd physically be probably more fucked. Yeah. Uh, and then that's, that doesn't bode well for the rest of the day. So we had from, like, like you say, nine till just enjoy, enjoy the rest of the weekend in, in down. Yeah. So, so where, where are we going to start with Amsterdam then? Because there's, there's a few obviouses that need to be addressed. Yeah. Well, there's many. But um, 
Should we outline what we did first and then we'll deconstruct what other people yeah, do in yeah, Amsterdam? Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, well, that's probably a good, good way to do it. So we basically... Sp- so Saturday was the allocated send day and then we were g- we were going to do more wholesome stuff on Sunday and we stuck to that plan. Yeah, we, did. we didn't send it that hard, really. No, well, the intention was to send it that hard but then circumstances dictated otherwise, effectively. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we were out till probably one-ish. Yeah, 1am. So we, we basically just did a pub crawl around Amsterdam, which is very it was, nice. It was really good, to be fair. Yeah, so like, obviously, where our, our place was, we were about 10, 15 minute walk from the red light district, so like the main bit. So we just basically pub crawled our way in, <laughs> effectively. Um, so we went to like an Irish bar, did some bit, and that was, fuck, we start with that, to be fair. Um, there's a lot of individuals to call out in this Irish bar. Yeah. Um, the first time we went there, it was fucking... <sighs> Yeah, because this... that Irish bar had so much potential. As we found out yesterday, had so much potential. Cause we went back yesterday. Um, I don't want this to come across as sectarian, but, but it probably will. But fundamentally, I can't get on board with people who try too hard to be Celtic. And by that we mean support Celtic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, people that pretend to support Celtic Football Club are kidding themselves, really, aren't they? Because they're Particularly in English people. English, but Irish people who think that they feel compelled to support Celtic just because they've got Celtic roots. Yeah, support Liverpool. Do support Liverpool, because Liverpool's capital of Ireland anyway. And they're better, right? So, uh, it's like it's the same as when a English person fanatically supports like an NFL team. That's bollocks. Yeah. And you know they're just doing it to be edgy and cool. Yeah, but there's nothing edgy and cool about Celtic, is there? There isn't about NFL, either. To be fair, it's just as much of an ick when people that are proper, like, staunch, like, staunch monarchists support Rangers. Yeah, They're both true. as bad as each other, because they're fundamentally both teams are shit. Well, we were talking about this when we were there, because we, we had a bee in our bonnet about it, as you can imagine. Um, both of those teams that have topped the SPL for fucking forever, basically... Uh, Celtic and Rangers would not get into the fucking Premier League or would be like a, a yo-yo team yeah so I'd love to see this I'd love to see the the amalgamation of the of the SP the, the Scottish Football League with the English Football League because yeah. they've done it in Wales haven't they well yeah this is, I, I, I said that like Wrexham and that are fucking is that even in Wales yeah yeah um, just just but Wrexham's in the English Football League so like, fi- financially surely all of those Scottish teams would be far better off being converged with the English Football League because there's more money in it. And think of the scraps. But they'll never do it, lad, because of ego. Because they know that if they were blended together, Celtic and Rangers would sit in the middle of the championship. Well, ultimately, they know if they came across a prime city team, oh, they get that's a blood torn bath. to shreds, mate. Imagine that. Fucking Philly Foden running absolute rings around them. Like, I can't even yeah. name one of their players. But anyway, but anyway, um, we got a bee in our bonnet about Celtic because we're in an Irish bar in Amsterdam, and we thought, you know, I spent all of High Rocks picturing this fucking Guinness, this first pint of Guinness, first time I drank in two months. Oh yeah, we have got to cover that as well. Yes, yeah, so it's the first drink I had in two months. I've been th- been dreaming of this creamy Guinness all morning, and we get in the Irish bar and they turn the tunes off as soon as we get in there to put the fucking Celtic game on the big screen. And not only is it not on terrestrial, like normal kind of sports channels because it's so shit. So we're watching 
the Celtic game on Celtic fan TV or whatever it is with with the shit in house commentary. Yeah, which is it hasn't even got good audio. Like this, genuinely, this podcast has better audio than. Yeah, that. no, genuinely, it sounded like we were it. It was like we were watching the game on the screen, but we were listening to the radio commentary. The radio was like slightly off tune. Yeah, because it was from, like a bit crackly. And from the nineteen fifties. Yeah, and so we went in there expecting like Irish folk music, which is fantastic, uh, and didn't get delivered on basically. So we had one Guinness in there, and then we're like, well, and we're, promptly fucked off. Yeah, we're moving on here. So we did we find another Irish bar? Or was it another? Was it? I don't know where we went from there. I'll be honest. It's That's hard a bit to of a blur, dis- isn't it's hard it? to distinguish. What is an Irish bar and what isn't an Irish bar sometimes? In Amsterdam, they're fucking everywhere, though, aren't they? Because anything that's basically like a tiny bit kind of anglicised in, think, yeah. in Amsterdam could pass as an Irish bar. Well, we had the Newcastle, that was a English bar, really. The Newcastle, but spelt as two separate words, as in a brand Newcastle. That's great, isn't it? <laughs> um, we probably couldn't call it Newcastle for legal reasons. Yeah, so we went. We basically just did a, a bit of a bar crawl, but we were... In search of the football, weren't we? The Newcastle Arsenal game, which was the late kickoff, yeah. And we did find it. In fairness, and I'm glad we did because Arsenal lost. I was very happy with that. Yeah, and this is what I mean. So bringing us on to some more individuals <laughs> that we need now, need now well, to cover certain individuals who need to be addressed. Yeah, this is, I mean, in fact, we've we've talked about Arsenal fans before on the podcast. We have, it, but now we've seen them in the flesh. Yeah, I don't. I try if I can in life to avoid Arsenal fans in the flesh, even though I am close friends with one from school. Yeah, I mean we keep keep at this. But I give I give him the benefit of the doubt. He's my token token Arsenal fan friend. He's, yeah, you like ticket into the community, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, and, and one's enough. One is enough. So we were sat in this fucking bar. Obviously, we're neutrals, but um, quietly supporting the northern team. Well, you support the underdog, don't you? Yeah, uh, I don't know whether you class that as the underdog at the moment. Not at the moment, but historically, I guess. Yeah, anyway, you can obviously 100% tell who's in there fanatically supporting Arsenal. And he, he stood next to us. And it was, yeah, you can you can deconstruct his, uh, well, first of all, he's out. It's just, he's, right, it's, this isn't necessarily applicable just to Arsenal fans. It's grown men that get too invested in football are an ick aren't they football results yeah if you allow a football result to ruin your entire week you need to have a word with yourself so these blokes are on holiday in Amsterdam like we are but the difference is we're having a good time and watching the football just for a laugh you know it's pure entertainment which is what it is these blokes are watching it like their entire life depends on it they're watching it like they're literally part of the team yeah they're li- they're, he's wincing when there's a misplaced pass yeah, in the middle of the park, he's so fucking he's like, invested. He's got like head in head in hands when someone miscontrols the ball. Yeah, I can't. How well, are you on the edge of your seat like that, bro? Because it was a shit game as well. I, was, I don't know how you're so invested. It was fucking terrible. And also, he's that. He's now because they'd lost eventually. Um, he's now going about his ho- holiday in Amsterdam. Threaders because he's let because he's he's allowed the fucking result of the football to basically just curb his mood for the fucking weekend which yeah. is mental and he's made a rod for his own back as well because he sat in the Newcastle bar I don't know why he thought that was going to yeah. be appropriate and because he's made it so obvious through like gestures being vocal and he's gesturing that he supports Arsenal he's just made a rod for his own back because all the other fans in there who were supporting Newcastle are just, are just goading him yeah well this is it obviously he went in there because he was uber confident that they'd beat him yeah. that's, what he, that's what happened Yeah, uh, and they didn't so he got he had to swallow humble pie, didn't he? Really, there effectively. Yeah, and that was a good moment for for me. 
which is which is where we go where we go to next. I love that because we'd re- reached like just the right blood alcohol level where we were feeling quite mischievous then. Mm. So as soon as we caught wind of the fact he was an Arsenal fan, we joined in and go. Well, we started to act up a little bit, like um, so. For example, when excuse me, that was uh, the, the wires when uh, Arsenal would do something well, even though we don't support Arsenal, we would vocally cheer. <laughs> And gesticulate, and then uh, uh, yeah, and then when, when Arsenal did something poorly, we would do the same, but in the opposite direction. Yeah. It's my it was my favourite thing to do when I used to play football. Like someone <laughs> someone would miscontrol the pass or or do a shit pass. Like yeah, nice pass, mate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Arsenal is shit. I could never support Arsenal right in the blokes here. Yeah, but Arsenal fans are wankers, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, and they all touch kids. Oh, right. That's, uh, uh, that's... Yeah. So that's him. And then what happened? It is a bit of a blur, isn't it? Because like you said, we weren't that pissed, but because you're kind of drinking all day. It does just blur into one. We did spend a lot of time in that one bar where we went first for a bit. and then The Black Tiger bar. Mm. This is where we devise a new game, actually. We need to cover this now. Yeah, so, yeah we can we can cover this. If you're if you're a certain level of enlightened, you're in Amsterdam, you can play this as well. Yeah, so obviously, like we all know what the Red Light District's famous for, and I have no interest in it. But what no. I do have interest in is watching other blokes who he's, have an interest in it. He's the clientele. Yeah, I, have a, I like watching other people who like it. It's a, a real, I'm a big fan of people watching it. We discussed prior to our kind of views on, on the old prostitution. You know, yeah. We might as well call it what it is. But um, it's very strange to be in that environment, isn't it? It's so it's weird, so normalized. But it's obviously very normalized for them, as in like the prostitutes themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for us, it was weird. Well, it's so strange because basically, when men get given what they want, it's ugly. Well, the world goes to shit, doesn't it? Really, men. But if you can take anything from this, it's that high rocks is good and that men shouldn't be given what they want. Yeah, there's two They're two the little taglines. They can be the they can be the uh, the title. The two learning outcomes of this podcast are that. Yeah, and and so the red light district is purely men getting given what they want, which is te- like because there's no fucking blokes in there like with a with a rod on, goading goading birds in. It's all like fit girls with massive t- massive tits knocking on the windows. Yeah. It's mental. But anyway, this is the game we devise. So we so if you've been to the red light district, it's called the Black Tiger Bar. And it perfectly overlooks, like, what is it, 10, 10 windows on the other side of the canal? Yeah, yeah something like that. So we've plonked ourselves in, in the window of this bar, overlooking the windows on the opposite side of the canal. As a bit of a recce position. As a bit of a recce position, playing the red light game. Yeah. And what this is, is you basically put your money on who's going to get the next bloke in. And then you take bets. So it's just two, two, like two stages. Two pronged attack. Two pronged attack. There's two stages. This game. I urge you to do it. So you take bets on who's going to get the next fella in. And then once he's in there, you take bets on how long he's going to last. Yeah, and we actually, we actually discovered something quite interesting doing this, didn't we? So like, when we were timing them going in, well, we discovered two interesting things actually. You would imagine, right, that it's quite a common thing for for them to score, yeah, effectively. But even some of the some of the better looking ones because there are some goppers <laughs> even some of the better looking ones their hit rate isn't that good it's really not because like we one an hour or something yeah so we we didn't spend all of our evening doing this we're not complete perverts but uh we, i don't know we, we we gave it a good hour didn't we well we just sat there but like obviously you can see when um when someone stumbles in or and, it, and in this kind of in this huddle of like 10 windows i think what was there like four blokes bagging off Maybe yeah. If that three, and like across like ten women in an hour, someone someone can do the crunch the numbers on crunch the numbers there. But it's not a great conversion rate that, and they were turning blokes away, which I again 
was kind of a myth that was busted in my mind. Because mm. it turns out that they do reject a lot of blokes. I don't know whether that's because... It must be just because they're too pissed or they're a bit aggressive or anything like that. You know, any sort of... Yeah, I don't know what the I don't know any, what the screening process is. Yeah, any combat indicator that they might be up to no good. I don't know what the screening process is, but what I'm trying to say is a lot more rigorous than I thought it was. Yeah, well, they have like a little application form you fill in, and you send it off, and they get get type form back. No, but uh, but effectively, it's it's quite interesting because yeah, about like say three or four off ten windows that were occupied in about forty minutes is not. I was expecting people to be rolling in and out like a fucking production line. Yeah, clock. I thought it was going to be like a fucking... <laughs> yeah, like you said, like a conveyor belt of snatch. Yeah, and it wasn't. And, and the other thing is, we actually found a, a kind of a median time that everyone would last. It was weird, wasn't it? It's, it's, they, were, they were all within like 10 seconds of each other. Yeah, what was it like is that. 12 minutes. 13. 13 minutes. Like, so one was like 13 bang on. Another one was like 13, 10. And yeah. the other one was like thirteen twenty. So you gotta think like this is this is all the time from getting in into the, the window, agreeing the uh, the deal, you know, closing closing the deal if you will. Uh well I assume that they've the ex- already the exchange of cash. They've already agreed on a price, haven't they? I guess so. They agree on a price before they let them in, I think. I don't know. And but, then obviously it's then the cash so the admin, like the the administration is the money changing hands, isn't it, I guess? Yeah, the bookkeeping. So, like, money changing hands, and then, obviously, the D-kit. But, so, like, how is it, how are they also consistent in timing? They must have a little rule. They must, again, they must have crunched the numbers and, and think what's feasible. But are they so good at bagging off that they, they can, like, manipulate a man's phallus in such a way that they can, <laughs> that they can make him reach orgasm at set point and timing? They have, like, an EMOM clock on. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, oh, oh, halfway there, better speed it up. I don't know, maybe. Or maybe just that is the average time. Because the average time is like five to nine minutes. Is it? Of um, of a of a, a bag off. Really? I thought it was yeah. about right then. Because if you take into account like five, that's what I was five minutes of administration, like two, like either side. Yeah, because you've got a couple of minutes either side, call it five minutes altogether. Then you've got the bag off. That's about 13 minutes. There you go. So it, it rings true to the statistics. But... um. It's just quite interesting that it was it was congruent with kind of three or four people, um, and these were different, quite different blokes, quite different um, clientele. Yeah, all different kind of shapes, sizes, walks of life. You can as never well. predict it. The local bloke was funny though. Straight in. You know, you can tell he was Dutch because he was about seven foot. He had to like stoop to get into the window, but like he was obviously like a regular. Well, he they... came in, didn't even look at anyone else, knew exactly which window he was going yeah, to. Yeah, he, he walked into the into her fucking grot like it was his front door. Yeah, like he owned, like yeah. he owned it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she ba- was like, yeah, usual bag off, yeah, and it cut yeah, curtain like a, over. Like a barber. Um, yeah, usual, yeah, Roger. Uh, it's weird though, isn't it? It's just such a strange place. You know what I mean? It's like, that shouldn't, that shouldn't be legal. No, it's, it is so weird. And like, I, again, it's just like endlessly fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. It's just so strange. Like what, what goes? Like a... What goes? Oh, also, right. Well, this is someone else. Another individual we need to deconstruct. So we're watching this kind of like really. I don't know. Like just from a pure kind of like naive, ignorant standpoint, just fascinated by it. But the bloke that was sat opposite us in the bar knew far too much about what went on behind those curtains. Didn't yeah, he? he had a good idea, didn't he? So we're intrigued by it from like a. We don't know what goes on. It's kind of like what goes, but literally what goes on beyond the curtain. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. fascinated by it because he's clearly very into brasses. 
And he, he was almost envious watching it, wasn't he? He was, but he also, he, he had like a floor plan of what yeah, was going he did. on. <laughs> like he was wrecking the joint. He was like, yes, you go up the stairs there and then there's like a bed yes, on the Around left. the back, there's a little window and then it's like, it's fucking out. How many times have you been in there? You've actually cased the joint. Yeah, he's actually cased the joint. He's like, he's actually fucking spec ops ratted on it. Yeah, literally, yeah. He's like yes, doing you, a fucking room clearance. Yeah, you put a breach charge on that door there <laughs> and then there's a hostage on the left. <laughs> literally. He had like thermal imaging cameras that no one else had, but... um. He, I mean, it was interesting perspective. I just feel sorry for him because, and he also filmed it, which is you know. that's what. Yeah, that that bloke who films the brasses because like he, he's pretending to send it to his mates in the group chat. Yeah, you're he's not, saving it to, he's his, saving to his, that. my eyes only or whatever. He's saving that to your camera roll, you dirty pervert. Yeah, it's horrendous, isn't it? I mean, they stood there. <laughs> Another intrusive thought there that I saw flash before your eyes. <laughs> Flogging their wares. Uh, trying to make an honest living, you know, and he's just disrespecting their privacy. Can't get on board with that. No. Anything else we need to cover about? I'm sure there's plenty. But there um, is. I mean, you could do a tour episode on brasses. Yeah. So again, again, you can't predict it. And this, the other thing is, I think you'd be surprised how many people do it, and how many people do it just off the, you know, off the beaten track, or because we were sat there in peak time, effectively, weren't we? We were sat there like. You know, seven or well, just like seven to ten, I guess seven to eight or whatever. Yeah. Or, or we were in that area in that time, and that's like the busiest time. So if you want to do it under the radar, you probably wouldn't do it then. And so I think you'd be surprised as how, like our fucking Uber driver who dropped us off was like really quite liberal about the fact that he he shopped around the Europe for the best price of brass. Yes, that was funny. So when we when we got back to the UK, we got an Uber back to home after uh, when we got off the train. Uh, and the guy, we told the guy, he was like, yeah, we just got back from Amsterdam. He's like, oh, no way. Like, I just got back from there like two days ago or whatever. Uh, and it turns out his interpretation of Amsterdam is very different to ours. So all the things that we didn't do, he did. He do. very much indulged in. Yeah, well, uh, you get a lot of people who go it's to like, Amsterdam like that, just, you... just for like, to be let off the leash, basically. <laughs> yeah, and he's blo- I, mean, I don't want to throw him under the bus, but he had like little little notes from his from his nippers in the front of his Uber and that like dad, mm. oh, daddy's little driver or whatever yeah. uh, and then he's telling us about how he bags off brasses in Amsterdam that's good isn't it that's horrible really isn't it there's a, there's a weird one though man because like there's a TikTok about um, like they interview like Asian women like Chinese women or Japanese women or whatever and they're like would you consider your, ma- your man going to a prostitute cheating and they're like no 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 it's fine I'd rather do that than anything else so like there's a there's a real culture thing here because we're really against and and obviously think it's re- really weird because it's something that just doesn't happen here. But if you're probably normalised to it and there's a level of understanding that it's just a transaction, it could be. I don't. Know, it's 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 really strange. It's all about perspective, isn't it? Yeah. Because we just think it's really weird and really base because it obviously doesn't happen here yeah, who, and it's illegal. Who here. are we to judge? Exactly. You are right though. It's very normalised in Japan, isn't it? I think. Yeah, Not yeah, that I've yeah. ever been to Japan, I know much about the culture, but I have heard in passing that it's very normalised over there. Well, only literally the only anecdote is that TikTok I've seen, but it's like every single one of like four or five wives of these blokes were saying, yeah, I'll be sound with him, sleeping with a prostitute. I'd rather him do that than anything else. Cause and you can make sense of it, because there's no emotional connection. If it's just a physical thing, then there's obviously no emotional thing. So you can make sense of their argument there. It's mad, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? I want to know more about it. It's very interesting. I was sat there like, kind of, who rents the windows? What's yeah. the fucking business model? Is there a set price? You know, are they self-employed? Are they doing their own taxes behind the thing? Is there a fucking 
pimp there behind the yeah. behind the behind the curtain for like a, a protection. They must be because there's no way there's no protection there for if, those girls. For any listeners out there who do know more about it or happen to know someone who's written a book or you know just has done a TED talk on it, I'm sure be, there is. Sure, please put please put us in touch with it because I would like to read more and not in a perverted way either. Like I'm, I'm genuine. So, in, so interested. It's it's really fascinating. Um, and I think the protection side of things is is interesting because the windows we were watching there was like four or five drug dealers basically outside the windows i want i wonder if they're connected are they part of the system are they just like are they like the plankton that lives on like the whale's tongue or like is it all maybe i don't know but then again they could just be giving people coke with a little bit of viagra and they get a cut and people are all all of a sudden horny raging horny and then they go into fucking go and get a brass you, you need some of that yeah well you, you need some <laughs> i think we all know who needs some of that um yeah. Yeah, so you need castrating. You mess. I need the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I thought I practiced very good self-control this weekend. You did. Yeah. No drugs. No brasses. No, we did basically get stoned through fucking osmosis, osmosis. though. Just yeah. just through sitting in a coffee shop, having a fucking Guinness that we didn't know was a coffee shop. Yeah, so that's good. Uh, they probably weren't stoned, but it wasn't helpful. It was fucking horrendous, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. That brings us on to our next point, actually, doesn't it? It will pause there for a sec. So we obviously still need to cover the other, the other obvious in Amsterdam, mm. which is marijuana. Mm. But I am desperate for a piss, pause. so we'll break this into a part, a two-parter. Well, what do you mean a two-parter? We'll stop now because I need a piss. Oh right, yeah, we're edited together. I think we're in two, yeah. two actual separate podcasts. Okay, uh, cool. yeah, no, that's all. That's all we're getting for this yeah, week. Yeah, so that'd be random. Okay, cool. So we'll come back after the break. And we're back. Yeah, I've had a wee now, so I can actually concentrate on gobbing off and not thinking, am I going to wee myself? Yeah, you should have just left it. Add a layer of jeopardy to the podcast. Um, oh, is there someone left a tap running? Uh, <laughs> oh, no, I've pissed myself. <laughs> no, I've pissed myself. Yeah. Uh, no, I have pissed myself. Yeah, yeah so we're going to get on to the obvious, second obvious of Amsterdam now. Yeah, this is the one fundamentally that I can't get on board with. I mean, you mean aside from <laughs> the prostitution? <laughs> Well, see, I need to know more about prostitution because if they are self-employed, you know, because I'm such a raging feminist, then I'm all for it. I, if, this if, is what I don't get. Right, right. So we're still talking about prostitution, you know. <laughs> it's just interesting. This is what I don't get. <laughs> it wasn't me, officer. It's just interesting. <laughs> so, obviously, the advent of OnlyFans now. Mm. They could co- those birds who look like that could quite easily make six figures just fucking posting with so with no physical dangers themselves they could just post stuff and make a living basically why put yourself in harm's way effect because that's what you're doing like every time some bloke comes into that window he could do fucking anything yeah because we know certain individuals we do within the only fans community and they make bank and they it's very lucrative if yeah, you look a certain way they make bank for doing fuck all yeah, you don't have to get railed. No offence if you're listening, but you do. Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, and like you said, they're not putting themselves in harm's way, really. Not at all, really. Like they're sat in, the, sat in your grot, thumbing, thumbing your bum. <laughs> Make of that what you will. Which does beg the question, are these poor women in the red light district then therefore trafficked? It does beg that question. Because like you said, if, if, if there was easy, if there was, if easy it, money for them to be made online, why mm. are they doing the... In- why are they still doing analog sex? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. And this is this is my final more ponder, pondering of uh, of the red light industry. But anyway, yeah. yeah so let's to, move on. Share move on to the second. Obvious. Again, if you've got any, uh, any 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 daylight you can shed on that, then that'd be great. 
Second obvious. Where do we stand on weed and the persona of the stereotypical weed smoker? I think you can probably guess. Yeah. From our general kind of <laughs> if disposition. You, if you know anything about us and you listen to this podcast regularly, there's no prizes for guessing where we stand on the consumption of copious amounts of marijuana. Ultimately, right, it's a rap and drug. I was just about to say, I'm getting the word <laughs> rap and. And if you don't know what that means, you haven't listened to enough of these episodes, but basically, you've just given up on life. So it just makes you lazy. Yeah. And, and there's people there's... will always cite the musician who fucking, you know, painted the Sistine Chapel, <laughs> metaphorically, with <laughs> under the influence of marijuana. That is a white swan event. Yeah. Most people are sat in a coffee shop, sapping. Sat there like that, just glazed, and, and glazed we learned, over. We learnt this the hard way, didn't we, this weekend? Yeah. Because we encountered a lot of these rappers. Well, we sat right next to one for a good amount of time. And it's, it's, a weird, it's weird, weird, weird to watch these people. And not weird in an interesting way, like it is to observe <laughs> like the dynamics of silicone-implanted women in the red light <laughs> district. It, it, it's that like, comes with its own place. It's, yeah, it's intriguing in like a worrying kind of how do these people operate when they're not stoned because they look like shells of a human. Yeah, it's really strange because I think if you can control it and maybe harness it, then... As, it, as in, if you you know, if you're someone who struggles to switch off, and then potentially that is how you kind of relax and re- and relieve some stress, that's fine. But if you always need that, like if you if you that becomes a crutch for you to switch off, then it's not okay because it means you're gonna, you know, kind of get addicted to it effectively. Yeah, because it's not addictive. And just you know? and just just to fully debunk the one argument that Stone has latched onto, and you know the one that you just referenced, the uh, oh, but. You know, most of the Beatles' music was written yeah, on Yeah, or you. Bob Marley yeah. or whatever. The, right, the fundamental issue there is you're not a generational songwriter, are you? You're a rap and from Luton. Yeah, and you're using that as an excuse. <laughs> yeah, and, and fundamentally, you're comparing yourself to Paul McCartney, which is wrong on so many levels in itself. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's exactly true. Yeah, it's like, it's like saying, you know, I could be the same level as Cristiano Ronaldo if I just ate the same as him. Yeah. But it's not that, is it? Basically. And, and, and fundamentally, if you did it the same as Cristiano Ronaldo, that would be more productive. I could get on board with that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. It'd just be shredded. Um, but uh, so let's just deconstruct a bit, bit of what it, what it does as a drug, right? So it pretty much um, delays all cognitive functions. You, you kind of get glazed over. It doesn't really push you into any action. So your action threshold is actually diminished and decreased. Uh, and then what it does as a kind of... I guess a fallout of the of the drug is it gives you the munchies, which then makes you consume excess calories on the back of exercise you haven't done. Yeah, so that's good. So if you think about it, it's kind of the antithesis of what we're about. So we're all for productivity. Yeah, eating well mm. and moving your body. Yeah, so if, you, if, you, if you've got a little little trifecta of, of kind of this Venn diagram here that that you need to hit for for our approval. Weed is, is so far... It's not the way to go about it if you're after Eddie Rex's approval, and a lot of people out there are. Yeah, a lot of you are, and um, and now you know how not to get it. You can sort of reverse engineer that and figure out how to get it. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Again, if you're once in a while... Once in a while do, and again, like someone extremely close to my family <laughs> is, a, is a regular consum- consumer. But um, it, it, it can be... It, not all bad and the thing is we so as kind of a, a bit a bit of research for the podcast we uh, we looked at crime rates in Amsterdam and crime rates in, in Birmingham and this is quite interesting so in, in a place where 
some drugs are legal, prostitution is legal, all the rest of it. It's like, so it's, I think it's in, per kind of hundred people or out of a hundred anyway. The, the 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 sort of stat is, it's twenty eight out of a hundred for Amsterdam. It's seventy out of a hundred for uh, England, which is which is like over double the crime rate in Birmingham, in somewhere where we've got kind of strictish drug laws and strict kind of prostitution laws or whatever in a place that's a lot more liberal in that regard you've got a lot less in terms of crime right which is very interesting yeah it's weird isn't it because if you asked a conservative and i don't mean conservatives in kind of the political leaning but someone who is like traditionally has conservative values probably kind of like staunchly christian mm. they would probably defend british law system as kind of upholding a lot of kind of like being morally superior effectively if you asked them about Amsterdam, they'd say it was kind of a bit seedy. Yeah, exactly. And a, that, and a bit yeah. liberal. So, like, they would probably, if they didn't know the statistics, make, make the argument that Britain was much safer. If you, actually, actually, if you actually dig into the dig into the data, you're more at risk about 10 miles away from where we live than supposedly, like, the sex and drug capital of the world. Which is very, very interesting. And this is, this is kind of well-known if, if you actually read into the data and be objective rather than... Just holding on to random values that you've inherited from your mother, but like yeah, you believe in a book. Yeah, that, exactly. That so preaches, like preaches the benefits of a man who didn't exist. That's a good place to start, really, for your value system, isn't it? But um, obviously you've got Lisbon, who out pretty much decriminalised all drugs and drugs, drug crime and, and drug-related crime went through the floor, and he's now one of the safest cities. In, and it's pretty awesome city, from what I've heard. Um, haven't been. Have you been to Lis Lis Lisbon? No. Called off there for a day on a cruise in year eight, so I wouldn't okay, quite, well, yeah. I wouldn't quite say that I visited that city. Yeah, probably not then. So you've got that, for example, and then, like you said, the sex and drug capital of the world where we've just been, which feels ultra safe. And the reason I checked these statistics because I was looking around, walking around, looking around, thinking, I don't feel at risk at all here. Bear in mind, there's pimps on every corner, there's drug dealers asking if you want coke every fucking yeah, five minutes. At no point did I ever feel. Intimidated. I, was, I was intimidated or in danger in Amsterdam, and and like, I am hard, and I, I appreciate that. Right, but still, like I felt, I felt safe. I mean, I, I know I am safe. I can handle myself. You're safe because you're with me. But uh, other than that, I mean, if you're if you're on your own walking home, I mean, you probably you, you probably would kind of probably run, I guess, because you don't. Maybe know that's just why we feel safe because people. Maybe yeah, you're right. I, I mean, I do feel safe walking around Birmingham as well. So that's, maybe that's just just us. I think it's just us. No, but but the the biggest stat was like the the kind of safety walking home um, at night and in the day, and both of those were again doubled. <laughs> like in terms of safe, you're, you're double as twice as safe in Amsterdam than you are in Birmingham, which is great, isn't it? Yeah, because again, you would just think. But I think the 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 drug that is legal, being marijuana, as much as we've slammed it, does just fucking anesthetise people a little bit, doesn't it? Like but, I say, your action threshold is through the floor. So if you're someone who has criminal tendencies, you're probably not going to be actioning them if this, you're high. So this is what we, we touched on this uh, off air earlier. Is it as simple as, you know, everyone's always... Well, I was quite taken aback by how friendly and amenable people are in the Netherlands. But then again, like we were saying, people in the Netherlands know at any point, if they fancy it, they can just decompress and have a piff. Or a bag off. Or a bag off. I didn't want to say it, but you did, so I'm glad you did. Yeah, well, I've got to be honest. At the back of them, so a lot. Of, so if you get threaders, right, because you're rats, and I can't obviously can't relate to this myself, but right. 
Say, hypothetically, if you're rats and you've not got any tens in your DMs, again, which I can't relate to. Yeah, you can't relate to that yet. But say if that was the case. It sounds sounds terrible. If you live in Amsterdam, at the back of your mind, you always know that legally you can just go and bag off a ten. You're about 50 euros away from from changing up that situation. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I get that. I do think there's a massive issue with that, though, in terms of just it being a cop-out. And so, obviously, you can find... So, it's, it's the pleasure-happiness thing, isn't it? So, pleasure versus happiness. Obviously, happiness is the long-term state, and pleasure is just it, little acts of kind of dopamine that you get that get you going. So, like, seeing a prostitute would obviously be pleasure, and that would push down the road further and further and further your ability to go and find a mate and settle down or whatever, which would, be, which would eventually be, be happiness, wouldn't it? Do you know what I mean? Potentially. Well, it, it depends. It depends how much value you put into monogamy, I guess. Yeah, we had this conversation, pissed, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, it's quite interesting our, our different takes on it. I wonder why that is. Um, well, no, it's not. <laughs> I think reportedly most people would be after a committed relationship. That's just, that's fulfilling for for majority of people. Essentially. But I think it does help knowing that people have like an outlet, be it through kind of like recreational drug use or kind of uh, consensual bagging off. Yeah, true, true. I think you're right. But but again, I, w- I would always think, like I do with everything, and this is a good way to kind of figure out whether your decisions are kind of right or wrong, basically. If you can project yourself into the future and think, would you be happier or not having having indulged in a certain activity if you go and see a brass are you going to be is that a net positive because what well, as, as we know you get personal clarity right because up to that point it's probably going to feel like a great idea as soon as that happens you, you fall off the edge of, of dopamine you're probably not feeling good about yourself this is my argument I think it's but probably still not coming great. from the perspective of like the overarching objective is to find like a life partner, though, isn't it? Not if you're, it's just no. That's just objectively thinking about the actual in, interaction. I'm, I'm talking about. Why would it be if you? So, but if your sole objective was just to bag off, why would that be a bad thing? Because you need intimacy. It's not intimacy. It's just transaction. She doesn't want to be there, and you know that in the back of your head. Yeah, that's what I mean. But if you just want to bag off, that's great. But isn't well, intimacy it, it is le- intimacy leads into like the connection thing and having a partner, doesn't it? Yeah, I it's a precursor yeah, to it. I think that is that is important. Um, uh, That's uh, what I mean, though. So like you, that, you're seeing it through your lens. Still, you've yeah, got to de- you've got to uh, detach yourself from that and see it as some people do see it as transactional. They do just want but I a would, sexual I would, transaction. I would call that dysfunction. Yeah, but that's what I mean. That's you again. I know. I can only speak from my own fucking va- my own values, my own viewpoints. I mean, experience. See, see, I sit less in that camp, and I can see how some people would just want well, it as a transaction. I speak from my own experience. So when I've bagged off birds before with no prior connection and no actual, nothing in common or whatever it is, you know, and it's just that kind of hedonistic chase of that end goal, effectively, which is bagging them off. Once you finish, you feel pretty empty and shallow inside. That's fine. On the other side of that, when you actually have a connection with someone and you built whatever rapport and all that kind of stuff, and then the obvious happens, then you don't feel so. Sh- you actually feel better. You feel like a closer connection with that person. Yeah, yeah, no, I know that is the case, but not everyone wants it, is what I'm saying. But if that for, is the case, whatever then their circumstance, whatever their circumstance, so, yeah, but it just not doesn't work like that for everyone, does it? 
you know, because people have like traumas and shit. You know, people have complex lives. Not yeah, everyone's after like sunshine and rainbows, are they? No, but the closer you can move yourself to that, the fucking better you'll be, surely. Or the better off you'll be. Yeah, it's not that simple, though, is it? Well, obviously not. But um, on mass, I would say that's probably the idea. Uh, not every like, I'm, I'm talking about the majority of people, not like. I'll be honest. I think monogamy is overrated. I know. Yeah. I think that's going to become increasing, that, increasingly normalised. The further I into the future disagree. we go. Well, I'll, the statistics would suggest that. I don't think they your do. your spiritual king Chris Williamson's got some very concerning statistics around single men. Yeah, exactly. So if you what you because so single, I'm saying men mon- mon- uh, monogamy is becoming less common, and it will continue. Yeah, less to common, be, so. but he also has statistics on those single men not being as happy or as fulfilled. Well, I'm not saying they're being happy or fulfilled. I just think it'll be more commonplace. Yeah, whether it's commonplace or not is not the is 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 probably separate to whether it's productive or not is what I'm, t- what I'm talking about yeah but people don't think rationally lad can't, yeah I know you can't compartmentalise everything into whether it's productive or not because if being productive was at the forefront of everyone's mind they'd op- try and optimise their lives to be productive and they don't because well, the more you they're, do that, they're underslept they're exactly. dehydrated but as we as we both know the more you do try and live your life for you, you kind of mental and physical well-being the better your lived experiences people won't know because they're rap hands well that's a pretty blinkered view of the world I would say it's true though isn't it not necessarily if someone if most of the time if you give someone the right tools and um, resources then they'll think about things differently well that was the thing though that's the whole that's the great paradox of the internet isn't it like all the information is out there and people are still doing nothing about it it depends what you consume your your kind of i feel like your mental diet or your social media diet is fucking as important as any, anything else what you take in what i take in on social media and what other people take in is, is vastly different what i take in is c- controlled for my fucking um mental mental well-being and that that is how you should all think about it but i don't think people, people do because you're your feed can quickly just become whatever you fi- whatever you fucking want it, whatever you meditate on a little bit too long or whatever. If that's negative, then it feeds you negative, and you're going to be negative. That's but algorithms are wired to feed people with negative content. So you've got to be smart about it, and you've got to be you've got to think about. You can't just be passively consuming. That's terrible. But we've covered this so many times. People don't think critically, and they're and well, they're the, not going to. That's a, that's a cop out, though, isn't it? You should think critically. <laughs> Yeah, but they don't, and they're not suddenly going to consciously decide to start thinking critically. A lot of people don't even know what critical thinking is because well, they're so out of tune with it. Well, sometimes a lot of people think. Well, a lot of people are, like we've said, living on autopilot, and so sometimes it just takes you reframing something or you kind of thinking about something in a slightly different way, or hearing a perspective, and you think actually, fucking hell, I didn't think about social media like that. I'm thinking, I'm just using it as a escapism for my shit job. And if it's that, then you can just quickly become, oh, I'm just going to scroll for whatever um, and not think about actually what you're watching. I think that is a, ma- <coughs> a mega important part of, of how you view the world because we always say you're the sum of the five people you hang around with. That's true. But more and more people now aren't hanging around with five different people. They're probably hanging around with two different people and the rest of their fucking intake is all digital. And so if you don't control the digital, you're just going to be socialised by some shit and then you're going to be, because as a result of that, you're going to be jaded and bitter mm. that's not productive for you or for anyone else yeah fortunately you're not going to change my opinion on this because ultimately the, if you if you, 
That's very close mind. If you're going to deconstruct all, ev- all my perspectives in life, right, you're going to distill them down to kind of one overarching narrative. It's that all of humanity is doomed and that humans are stupid and they can't help themselves. That's a fantastic way to view the world. It is. It's really, it's not, it's not. I really can't it. wait to be proved right. But it's, it's not about and as I'm, right. as I'm, that sounds bitter to And me. as I melt into the glazing... Inf- Fantastic. As I melt into the surface of the earth after Armageddon, because we haven't... And you've lived the depressed life for eight years. That's fantastic, I'll yeah. go to my grave with a big smile on my face as I watch the rest of society crumble around my eyes. That sounds good to me. I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean <laughs> you, can't, you can't say that the view in the world through the, the lens of everyone's doomed is a, is a good way to view the world through. Well, as you like to remind everyone, it's all about perspective. I find it quite liberating. Yeah, I guess so. It is, it because is, nothing it's matters. Di- it's all disposition. It is true. Nothing matters. But that doesn't mean you can. You want to live the next... Because your individual next 10 years does matter. Because it means how that's how you wake up every morning. <laughs> so that matters. Yeah, so... What, what matters is, is what you attach value to. Yeah, so if everyone's fucked and everyone's stupid and humanity's ultimately never going to fully kind of grapple with the overarching crisis that looms in front of its eyes you might as well just crack on with stuff you enjoy that's well, my think, perspective the thing is we, we come at it from a different angle I think we do arrive at the same same point yeah we do but I just have no faith in the people around me and you do I have massive faith in, in humans because they, they've got us to where we are today it's not my fu- it's not my doing that we can sit here with a microphone and stream to fucking millions of people right, it, potentially I, millions of people hundreds of people this, this, is a good, this is a good segment back into the actual topic of the podcast right mm. so we were walking around the Dutch National Gallery and museum yesterday I think mm. it's called the Rijk Museum it is yes. the Rijk Correct. I can't pronounce Rijks it Museum, yeah so. I didn't want to say Rijk because that sounded a bit Nazi-esque yeah uh, but anyway we were looking at how uh, sophisticated previous societies have been up to the modern age and how kind of exactly how kind of cultured and uh, technologically advanced. technologically advanced they were you know, compared to how much credit we give them. Mm-hmm. I think we're regressing. It depends how you look at it, doesn't it? I th- we probably, from from certain, you know, from like certain standpoints, we 100% are, but from other standpoints, we, we can, we're, we're, hun- we're like miles ahead of we, where we were. We haven't got like famine going through the fucking world. Well, we have, but not, not in as much, as many places. But by or illness or, but like all of our progress now, realistically, is coming through machines and AI, isn't it? The actual humans themselves have skill faded massively. So if you took top yep. trumps, right, yeah. and you took like Roman man or like Egyptian man and then like modern 2023 sack man, yeah. like our scores aren't Terrible. competing with that, are they? No, because so they, like, we've now that's put, a we've, function of um, so do we now have an o- necessity o- though, isn't it? Do we now have an over-reliance in technology, do you not think? Yeah, but we can do that because we have technology. But that's what I mean. But then if you suddenly remove technology, which you could do like that, like if the internet went down tomorrow, we'd be fucked. Yeah, we would. It's not a good thing, but it's um, but it is just how we live our lives. And I think the <laughs> it's just a function of um of necessity again, isn't it? It's like they needed to be that capable because every day they were fighting and hunting and doing all the rest of it. And so they needed to be able to do that and to feed their kids. Now what we need to be able to do to feed our kids is, is, is vastly different. We now need to be able to be like a, a soldier on the cerebral battlefield. And we need to be able to think our way through things, which, which I mean, or think how you know how to work technology or whatever. Which is fucking a lot of people. So Jordan Peterson does a stat on it, like 
there's a certain amount, there's a certain IQ you need to be able to operate an iPhone. If you can't do that, you're fucked. Like, <laughs> if you can't operate an iPhone, you can't operate Excel. You can't operate. You're not gonna be able to do anything really nowadays. Which is no. Weird. But again, this is awesome. But then, we've, again, we're just putting too much value and faith into the technology that we're reliant upon, aren't we? Yeah, we, we do attach huge value to it. Look at, look at what we do for a living. That's what I mean. That's, that's what I said. If the internet went down tomorrow, we'd be fucked. Yeah, we would. I, I deep this quite a lot. Um, that if Instagram... Uh, Instagram is pretty much how I <coughs> make most of my sales. And so if that was gone, I'd have to find another way to do that. But currently, I don't. So you do, you only have a finite finite amount of energy and resource. So if I spent all my time thinking about how I can diversify my fucking sales funnel, so I don't use Instagram, I wouldn't have any time for anything else. Mm. So you only have time to deal with what you can deal with, and, and that's that's just how how things work. And I think you you deal with what's in front of you as a human. That's what the Romans did, and that's what the Egyptian man did. Because what was in front of them was very different to what's in front of us. Renaissance man. Mm. All I'm saying is they don't make them like Leonardo da Vinci anymore. Well, it depends, doesn't it? Because there there are still geniuses. We remember like the the fucking people who are at the top of society, don't we? We don't remember like Joe Bloggs, who was just fucking, who just basically got smited by the Spartans. <laughs> Who, we don't yeah, do we? We remember Leonardo's because he's fucking hoofing. Yeah, our geniuses aren't as good though, are they? Well, they're good at what they need to be good at. Jimmy Carr's extremely good at making you laugh. Don't ever Couldn't compare you? Jimmy Carr to Leonardo da Vinci again. I'm a massive fan of Jimmy Carr, but that's <laughs> one of the worst opinions that's ever left your mouth. Well, I'm just saying, like, you're a genius in in what you need to be a, a kind of, or what society values at that time, aren't you? Society values at the moment entertainment because we're in, in such a privileged position that we can value entertainment before we couldn't really yeah but in in we I'm focus s- on surviving what i'm saying in thousands of years time when people say who was a genius in 2023 people aren't going to say jimmy carr are they and no, that's no it was that's just n- it was just a, a name that sprung to mind who, right. who would you say is a, is a genius of our time well i don't think he's a genius but i would say people would make the argument for like musk. elon musk wouldn't they at the moment yeah. i'd probably say steve jobs but he's obviously not with us anymore so yeah uh, Elon Musk probably would be but he's just innovative extremely innovative and probably gonna kind of shape the way well definitely gonna shape the way that like we use fuel what's come of this AI conference that's been going on at the moment do you know I've no idea I haven't followed it no neither have I Um, probably should have done really actually no because I didn't realize we were going to talk about fucking AI this episode so no we've gone on a little tangent it's good yeah, like a tangent. I tried to. Do you notice for all the listeners at home, you can clock this. I did try and bring it back to the podcast, but then you immediately diverted us again. Yeah, I think we like interesting conversations. You don't have to just talk about Amsterdam. You're very, very. Uh... No, but I want to talk about Amsterdam because it's funny. Yeah, you like these existential. See, see, like off air, we basically do the same thing. So like, I get a lot of airtime of Harry's existential conversations. Yeah. So I try and shepherd shepherd nice. you into entertaining yeah, we do both. on the we podcast. We balance it. You've got to balance it, lad. People have got to take both value and entertain. I'm here to entertain. Mate. I'm a comedian. You're not, though. I'm a hero. I'm a comedian. A hero, a comedian, oh, yeah. a brass. I'm with... here, effectively, to provide delusion to the listeners. Yeah, you do quite a good, and got quite a good job of that. Your existential conversations are stifling my delusion. Right. Well, I think people take a lot from it, so... Okay. 
Right, so let's let's talk about weed again because that's funny. Right, weed, weed, shit. Let's deconstruct the stoner and how, ironically, they're in one of the most culturally rich cities on earth and have chosen to go there to smoke weed like they do at home anyway. Well, sit in a bulldog cafe staring at their mates inside. Yeah. Realistically, they would argue that that's like the culture, though, isn't it? Because they can't do that in like in public here. <sighs> that's bo- that's bollocks. To be fair, I can get on board with like taking psychedelics and then kind of going and seeking out art and stuff because that would probably kind that of would it, enhance it, it, that would surely, enhance your yeah. experience. If you're just gonna get stoned and rap in a cafe, I can't get on board with that. No, because like you say, you can do that in your front room. Yeah, can't you? Here, you might get. If you combine the two, that's great. Because I like looking at that art yesterday. Like I'm don't know the first thing about art, and I wouldn't claim to either. Mm. But even I could appreciate what we were looking at. Yeah, so if you were like, you know, seeing like a unicorn pop up somewhere or something, I don't know what you'd see, but you know, if you were on psychedelics, then yeah. it might be fucking, it might be a bit more interesting, which is. That's what I mean. Yeah, I think. But uh, this is what you were talking about, like action threshold again. Because you are stoned, even though there is this wealth of culture on your doorstep, you now don't want to see it because you're stoned and you've rapped. Yeah, and you're just enjoying the, the, the feeling, man, <laughs> you know? Um, but. but uh, but, I mean, you could get that feeling anywhere, couldn't you? Maybe you don't get a stronger weed. I don't know the fucking ins and outs, mate. Well, they're obviously like... So, I'm guessing like, weed in the UK, because it's kind of like criminalised and is operated largely by organised crime, is shit. That's probably what it is. So, you get... So, like, it's grown... Like a pure... Yeah, it's kind of... It's grown in massive industrial units. Uh, it's probably cut down with stuff to make it more profitable. Whereas the, the pure haze man available in Amsterdam is probably good shit as they would say good shit dude yeah I, I think um you're right i don't know i guess it's the equivalent of us training at jd gym in briley hill day to day but then when we go well, they probably say the same they probably we, say why well, the fuck are you going spending two hours in a gym in amsterdam that's probably exactly the same kind of argument we yeah. would say because we enjoy it and they would probably say the same yeah and then our only real argument from that is that we're being more productive but then as you've just said, human has his doomed. Yeah, so, so I mean, they've got a point, in fairness. Maybe yeah, they should maybe, just rap. Maybe should just rap and fuck it. This is why, this is why I find your perspective so so um, dangerous. Because you could easily just rap. From well, that. that's kind of like, I think I'm the only person that's taken my perspective and then seen it in a positive light. Yeah, well, most if you can do that, then fantastic. Everyone else appears to have just rapped. Yeah, <laughs> smoke weed about and just like sap about how everything's doomed. Doesn't really get you anywhere, though, does it? Yeah. No. That's good. Anyway, um, weed, underrated, overrated, underrated. That, that's <laughs> the wrong, wrong This is fucking, <laughs> this is going to be a hard listen back. This is this podcast, fucking hell. <laughs> the wrong segment. No, um, well, it's overrated, in my opinion. Um, really. It's an ad hoc underrated, overrated. Well, it, it was an underrated, overrated, wasn't it? I mean, again, brasses, I don't know yet. <laughs> Massively underrated. <laughs> I don't know, I need, you, you there's a reason it's the world's civilized civilization's most enduring profession there's obviously something in it it's got some good retention obviously yeah like um anyway what else does amsterdam have to offer it's fucking it's an awesome we had some, city, we had some sensational food yeah the, the food's fucking amazing um i think if anything this weekend we busted the myth that you either have to be into brasses or be a stoner to go to Amsterdam. Or to enjoy Amsterdam. I know, I know that a lot of people are probably already aware of that, but I think with our generation particularly, we just associate it with those two things. Well, our we? age, if you were to go with the lads and not do either of those things, you'd be termed, like, that, that would be weird because you'd go anywhere and do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Whereas you can't really go anywhere and have those two things legal at the same time. M maybe, <laughs> maybe a different combination would be interesting as well, like psychedelics and brasses. Well, we <laughs> we said, I wonder what it would be like to do high rocks on truffles. That yeah. would be a daunting experience, wouldn't it? Well, the war ball would be fucking. But like, yeah, so obviously, co like cognitively, you'd be fucked. You wouldn't really know what was going on. But the f like do running laps of that circuit with people staring at you while you were high would be. A horrible experience, I imagine. That'd be terrifying. That's like bad trip territory, really, isn't it? Yeah, you'd probably just like curl up in a ball or something, wouldn't you? Because like you probably wouldn't see real faces either. No, it, no, definitely not. And the music and all the bass and everything'd be, oh, yeah. be weird, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, the um. But what I could get on board with, by the way, is if we brought all the brasses to the centre for high rocks, and instead of like Gen Pop cheering you on, yeah, them instead. There's just just them, just like barely, you know, barely clothed. Right. I could get him beyond yeah. that. We would have got sub one hour if that was the case. <laughs> you wouldn't. You want to keep running around for as long as possible. <laughs> <laughs> You've done twenty laps. Yeah, I know. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I lost count. Lost count. Um, but I think Amsterdam has so much more to offer, though, doesn't it? If we were walking around on that second day, and we, we did consider yeah. psychedelics, didn't we? But we didn't. We didn't well, go around. We, we, we sat. We sat eating breakfast, trying to. Pin, figure out, what, figure out what we were actually going to do on a Sunday because we fucking so shit organised and we left it all to the last minute. Couldn't we, our, our hands were tied, but like there was so many things we could have done. Like at one point we were going to go and watch Ajax play. Yeah. The next minute we were going to go and watch Noel Gallagher. Then we were going to go to fucking check out Anne Frank's pit. Yeah. Well, you got we couldn't do any of that. We couldn't do any of that. <laughs> couldn't do any of that because we haven't booked it in advance. Yeah. The, um, I guess the thing is, it's capital city, so there's always going to be something to do. It's like if you're stuck in London, like you're in London, central London, for like the morning, you'd, you'd find fucking loads of shit to do. Yeah, it has all the perks of being a capital city, but because it's so kind of quaint and uh, chilled out, it doesn't have the same kind of energy, energy sapping nature of the capital. Well, it's great because it's not very busy, so it's quite quiet. Um, it's clean, and it, like we said earlier, it's mega safe. So like. Like you say, as capital cities you go, you don't really get that balance, do you? No, it's like the best of both worlds. Because it's it? quite, like you say, you can do loads of shit. You can always do, always do something, um, but also it's clean, safe, and fucking um, and pretty quiet. So it's it's a bit strange. It's it's quite a, a balance between the two. If you go to like London, there'd always be something to do, but you don't always feel safe. It's massively busy. Uh, I wouldn't say it's that clean. No, go to London. Guarantee you'll either be. Mugged or, Mugged not, appreciated. or not appreciated. Yeah, another partridge reference there. Oh, someone, someone appreciated the last one. So did they? There are people out going. there that watch partridge. They're just few and far between, unfortunately. They're not quite as enlightened as us. Um, yeah. So what's what was it? I guess the next bit was just us wandering around Amsterdam. I guess wasn't it? Just, I guess that's uh, kind of it, really. I think we've covered we've covered the main themes, really. The main attractions. Yeah. Quite deeply. Might have to do a separate episode on prostitution. That'd be good. Be interesting. We'll have get to get on. Yeah, or someone on OnlyFans. Yeah, yeah. Who um, we may or may not know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another oh, another, intru another intrusive laugh there. when you fall off a sofa. Um, yeah, so underrated, overrated, I guess. Yeah, so we are. So is yours Amsterdam theme? No. Right, that's good. Uh, well, it is kind of um, loosely related, but I'll let you go first. It's either underrated, you've charmed me, or it's overrated. Well, that was fucking dreadful. Right, okay. Underrated, overrated, Guinness. I think it's context-specific. Go on. 
because one Guinness after like like in Dublin or after like a hard so after that stretcher race or after high rush one Guinness is really good what, once you get past that one Guinness threshold then it's over race I session on Guinness is, is brass I agree people pe- I think that what I'm trying to get at here is people are too blindly loyal to Guinness yeah well it's like a three course meal in a drink so if you have like three of them you're fucked mate so like, don't get me wrong. One Guinness is nice and refreshing, but any more than that, it loses its appeal. Yeah, well, it doesn't really have a taste. But does it? But honestly, if you never have Guinness before and you heard someone who likes Guinness go on about Guinness, who's made it their entire personality, you'd think it was fucking holy water. Yeah, yeah. You would think it was something actually nice, like Coca Cola <laughs> or something. Yeah. Bit alcohol shit in it. Yeah. <laughs> alcohol's fucking shit. Because you say something's nice, it's not, is it? It's, it's nice for alcohol. It's yeah, like, it's completely when you say relative. Beer is not. Oh, that's a nice beer. It's not, is it? Because it's not Fanta <laughs> or like orange juice. Or something. That's what I mean. So like, a spice rum and coke is nice for alcohol, but it doesn't taste as nice as just a coke. It's mad, isn't it? That. <laughs> and it's the same with like a pink gin and lemonade. Yeah. I'd rather just have a lemonade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like a fucking blackcurrant and juice or something. Yeah. Like, I'd genuinely rather have or like a pint of milk. It's mental. You're like, oh, that's really nice, but it's not. It's just fucking. It's again expectations, isn't it? You expect it to be shit. So the fact it's not that shit is it's pretty good. But there's a, there's a trend now for like kind of like hipster people that live in like the East End of London. You know who wear who wear beanies and car hearts. You know the type. Yeah, yeah they've, got, they've, got, they've got curtains. You they've know, got yeah. curtains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got eyebrows. Yeah, those kind of people now make it their kind of modus operandi in life to pre- you know to espouse the benefits of Guinness. You know, you'd think they're on the payroll. Yeah, you think they get commissioned with every every pint you drink. And then, like, because this is always on my TikTok and I'm aware of it and constantly being reminded of it, I almost talk myself into thinking that Guinness is good. Yeah, the power and of then, the algorithm. And then comes the moment, like, at the weekend when I actually have more than one Guinness and I'm reminded that it is just another drink. Yeah, another alcoholic drink. There's ultimately... Not as good as non-alcoholic. Yeah, don't get me wrong. So, like we've said, one Guinness is good, yeah, and it it's is, not yeah. bad. But I'm saying, relatively to where people put it on this pedestal, it is a bit overrated. Yeah, and if you, again, if you sesh on it, it's te- it makes you feel it makes you feel heavy and shit, and it's just it gets very old very fast. Yeah, the people that are choosing to get pissed on Guinness, i.e., like seasoned drinkers who need like a good twelve points to get them leathered, like that's, that's n- not a not cost effective. B certainly not the easiest way to get pissed because you're on board and a lot of fucking liquid there oh, we spoke about this before like that beer just being a bit bit heavy for like if you're gonna have more basically if you're gonna have more than two pints you need to switch it up yeah we could co- i think we covered this we on one of the interrailing yeah. pods yeah yeah because you're heavily because i was at, alcohol, that, at yeah. that point threaders with beer yeah it was probably the third one because i've been pissed pretty much every day <laughs> 21 days yeah i mean guinness Again, concepts. I can't really call it underrated or overrated. It probably is overrated. But yeah, but this is the thing. So it's like, all relative if it's to n- public opinion. If it's not overrated and it's not underrated, then it's rated. I don't think it is rated. No, it, it, is, is overrated. it is overrated. Yeah. I think it is overrated because, because um, like you say, people just people espouse the benefits far beyond what they actually are. Yeah, basically. So yeah. either Gu- either Guinness have got a really kind of subtle fucking marketing network affiliate program affiliate program like unless basically unless guinness is the world's biggest pyramid scheme yeah well people are kidding themselves it could be yeah um 
You would think it is, wouldn't you? So, especially if you could go anywhere near an Irish bar or or, or Ireland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a fucking religion. Separate religion to the others. But what, what I will say is the Irish are great at branding their culture and Guinness is the best example of that. That's very true. Like, the, Where are the Welsh? There's no Welsh beer, is it? No, we, we need to cover this on the podcast because I'm becoming acutely aware of it. But the Welsh need to take a leaf out of either the Scottish or the Irish's book and learn, and to, put their ideas learn to brand their nation better. Yeah, because they've got a, a dragon lot. isn't isn't cutting yeah, it. Yeah, because fundamentally they don't exist. Well, yeah, it's true. that's that's very true. You put it, you, they've got a lot going you, for them. A lot, yeah, so, but basically something that doesn't exist in a lot of the, f- the heavy lifting for your national kind of identity. At least Guinness yeah. exists. Yeah, I mean, while it is overrated, at least it exists. And the Loch Ness monster does that exist? Is that no? <laughs> <laughs> that's good, isn't yeah, it? I, 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 I used to live there. In fucking the locks. Oh yeah, you did. You all adopted. Well, never, what never saw it. What, what's the Scottish equivalent of Guinness? Cholesterol. Yeah, just mainlining lard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> IV lard. Uh, I don't know. Square sausage. Oh, is it? Yeah, I thought you meant alcohol. Whiskey. Oh no, they. Oh no, they've got tenants lager. Oh, that's got. That's got. So, yeah, so obviously they've got Scotch, but then the Irish have got whiskey. You got Irish whiskey as well. Mm. Like fundamentally Scottish drink. They haven't see they have they adopted Bookfast, but it's actually English, isn't it, Bookie? Yeah. Made it's so made by monks but, but, in Devon. But Brits couldn't handle it because it's fucking mental. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so if you so what is their drink then? It, it is it like is it's shit it's not. They've adopted it. It's te- it's shit tenants lager. Which is gopping. That's probably why they adopted Bookfast. Yeah. Because Tenants lager is copied. Well, that's that. That just goes to show that again, the Scottish can't survive without the English. That's controversial. Don't want to make it. Don't want to make it political, but but you have. That's good. You don't. You know, you want independence, but then you want to keep drinking Bookfast. It's got to got to decide what you want, really. There, haven't you? Yeah, the tariffs on Bookfast are going to go through the roof. If you go independent. You'll think about this. We'll that's, do like, a, that's like half we'll, your weekly shop. We'll do a trade off, right? We'll have all the North Sea oil, and you can have an unlimited supplies of Bookfast. They'll probably just use it as oil. <laughs> it's definitely flammable, in fairness. Yeah. Let's power. There you go. I've solved climate change. Let's power cars with Buckfast. Let's power vast amounts of people with Buckfast. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, one bottle of that, I'm good to go for days. Yeah, without any food. I'm sound. Like, caffeinated beer is meant... Like, well, wine. It's caffeinated it, alcohol is meant... Speaking from experience, it's dangerous. Yeah, it's crazy. It is very... It makes you do dangerous things. We need to probably get back on that session. Yeah, I haven't had it for ages. Next session, I think that's what I've been missing actually. Because at one yes. at one point, I got to a point where I was used to drinking Buckfast, as in like I'd always drink it when I went out. So I think ever since I've kind of just fallen off a cliff. Yeah, because you, you need an uptick, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Because I think I've got quite a down personality anyway. So obviously, alcohol is a depressant. Mm. It doesn't work in my favour. But then if I have the caffeine alongside it, it levels you. It out. levels me out. There we go. Sold it. Create a bookie on its way. Um, yeah, so I think overrated, all, all in all. Yeah. Guinness. Guinness is overrated. Right. Yeah, so mine, again, is loosely related for us, not for the listeners. Underrated, overrated, only because I wanted to talk about it. Johnny English. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny English is great. It's fabulous, mate. I hadn't watched it for ages. Uh, and the new one's out in there. Yeah, I think obviously Rowan Atkinson is a genius, and if you don't agree, then you are fundamentally wrong. Uh, but I think, unfortunately, I mean, it's still great. But Mr. Bean steals a lot of the headlines in re- in regards to Rowan yeah, Atkinson. True. 
That is, I mean, that's a work of genius as well. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I'm not taking anything away from Mr. Bean, but I think it overshadows Johnny English wrongly sometimes. It's such a good parody on, like, spy theme. It's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a great parody of, like, the Bond films. Yeah, well, that's what it is, isn't and it? And it's, like, it's that perfect balance of, like... Because Mr. Bean is all slapstick, like, non-verbal comedy, but then Rowan Atkinson's other stuff in, like, Blackadder is kind of more verbal. So, like, Johnny English is the perfect blend of slapstick... Yeah. And verbal. Yeah, I mean, that's it, it's very true. We, so, the connection to Amsterdam, by the way, is just the fact that we watched it in our Airbnb grot. Um, but it's just such easy easy watching. Um, and the new watch is three now, isn't there? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's mental. <laughs> so, I grew up on the original. I could pretty much like go through it word for word if I watched it. I think I've only seen the second one once. And this was the first time I'd watched the third one. Yeah, and we were in stitches. And I, I was expecting like the third kind of because it's so old as well it's better them to have lost their thread a bit do you it's know what I mean so good. and it was class um, but yeah so I think underrated because no one really gives it enough credit in fact the as, fir- a, tr- as, the a, fir- as a trilogy the first Johnny English is quite old now so we might have some listeners slash viewers who've never seen Johnny English yeah well I encourage you to go from the top yeah I impl- if you've never watched Johnny English I implore you after this to go and watch it because you won't be disappointed yeah, it's brilliant. Especially if you're English, because you'll it, get it more. The genius of it is it's universal. Mm. That's why that's why Mr. Bean is such a global brand, you know, because it is f- like completely slapstick, non-verbal. It transcends languages. Yeah, that's genius, isn't it? Really? So, like Johnny English is still you can still pretty much get the gist of it because it is still quite physical. Yeah, it's true. But I guess it's it's, it's a big take on jo- on James Bond. If you if you understand the premise of like a spy film. Yeah, you'll be able to follow the plot of Johnny English because it just plays with all like all the classic narrative yeah. devices and so kind of good. all the cliches, doesn't it? So uh, it does it so well as well. And obviously, like you say, Rowan Atkins is a genius. So him playing that role is is obviously unparalleled. Yeah, yeah, he's oh superb. But yeah, anyway, we watched that and then then proceeded to watch the uh, the other one and and Mr Bean in the same weekend. So that's good, isn't it? The first Mr Bean again is underrated because everyone's seen Mr Bean's Holiday, but mm. the first Bean movie's funny. That is class, yeah, with the fucking gun scene. That's fucking great. I forgot about that. That's brilliant. When he takes it out of his... Anyway, we'll leave you to watch it. If you haven't watched um, if you haven't watched either of them, if you haven't watched Mr. Bean, then... Or the original. I reckon a lot of people haven't watched the original Mr. Bean. What, the series or the film? The film. Yeah. Because, like you say, the holiday one, everyone's watched that. Yeah, especially people our age, because it came out in the cinema when we were kind of like, I don't know, like 10 or something. And it was like the big film of the summer, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. But I think the original the original Bean movie came out when we were little, so we were probably too young. So I only watched it when I was a bit older. Yeah, it's just funny. It's so fucking good, mate. It's class. No, uh, no one on planet Earth, right, can do slapstick comedy better than Rowan Atkinson. No, and he can also just do. He can do it all, can't he? Really. That's the genius of like Mr. Bean and Johnny English is you know exactly what's going to happen. But it's still hilarious. But when it happens, it's still like gut wrenchingly funny. Have you seen the? It's Rowan Atkinson. Does the um like invisible drum kit? Got what? Is this one of his live shows or something? It's so good. Man. Is it? I don't know if it is. It sounds yeah, like something. I think do it is. It's fucking amazing. That's that's shit. Um, yeah, it's so good. But yeah, so Johnny English and Mr Bean. If you haven't watched them, go do it. Go and watch them. Right. It's the final segment. Reason to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Go 
starting a new gym. Yes. Which again isn't really relevant to the listeners. But we can we can Well, I don't know. It's now we can depends. spin it in a way. So like I yeah. think the the moral of the story here is sometimes it's good to switch things up. Yeah, so we've been at JD Gym for a fucking months now, aren't we, really? And we've been dripping about it for ages. So it's time for a change. And so this afternoon, we're going to go for a, um, effectively like a consult, isn't it? With, it's a gym called Black Country Barbell, their first little bit of PR that they're going to get a lot of. Um, yeah, they're not paying us for, by the way. That's good, yeah, we're paying them. Um, and so it's like, it's just a, what, it's like a powerlifting gym? It's I, a, I think, uh, yeah, traditionally, it's in... I guess so. Yeah, in theory, it's a powerlifting gym, but it's just—it's basically just a better gym for what we're now moving into. Yeah, so we're both conveniently now after High Rocks moving into a strength block, so like an eight-week block of training that's purely strength-based, um, because now we don't have any fitness racing on the hori- on horizon. Yeah, so now we're getting into kind of strength training more things like the quality of like barbells and plates starts starts to be growing important well the heavier you get like if you're getting up towards a 200 kg squat the bar does make a difference Massive if you're trying difference. to rip like 100 kilo off the floor and put it over your head the quality of your bar makes a yeah because it's difference. small margins at that point oh, and 100%. like while jd is a great gym for, for its a, price for a lot of mental. different reasons you can't beat it on price but like for what we want now it's little things like is the knurling on the barbell good yeah and the environment so like we've said before jd gym because it's commercial and, and like they say the, the price to join is so low people aren't training in there really if you train if you train properly in there like you're kind of sweating or breathing ever you get looked at like you fucking freak <laughs> um, yeah, if you're digging out people look at you like you're an idiot yeah when they're that's a- exactly what they're when they're called. actually the idiot because they're using that stupid fucking ab crunch machine so i'll be so happy when no one's using that you know well they won't, there isn't one in black country barbell so that's good because it makes a noise as well. Yeah. Like, I instantly know someone's fucking... <laughs> you can hear it from the other... You know helmets in the gym because you can hear that machine from the other side of the gym. Yeah, and if you don't know what we're talking about, it's like this one where you sit down and you crunch your abs against resistance. Yeah, it mimics a sit-up, but it takes all of kind of the skill and effort out of the sit-up. It's just a waste <laughs> of fucking space in the gym because you can do sit-ups anyway. Yeah. Fundamentally. You don't need to be in a gym to do sit-ups. Yeah. It's fi- famously one of the exercises you can do at home. Yeah, again, so ridiculous. I'm re- I'm excited for that. Um, I'm excited for the new block of training because we've done a lot of that hybrid kind of, I guess not hybrid, but like high Roxy style stuff, circuit style stuff. Yeah, well, I'm just glad to see the back of fucking a bro- concept two a, a concept two machine. To be honest, yeah, yeah, that's good, isn't it? Uh, so so we have provisionally signed up to see high Roxy next year. So you'll have to get back on. I'm afraid. Oh, yeah, well, I can enjoy this strength block though. I can go back to my roots. Yeah, I'll give you about two weeks before you get bored of that. <laughs> I have got a You're track. useless with programs. I'm sorry. You're fucking useless. Oh, I'm good at prescribing I'm like, them. I'm uh, shit what, at following them yeah, myself. Uh, what, what you, what's on your program today, Eddie? Oh, well, it's like, it'll be like front squats, but I'm going to do something else. <laughs> right, that's good, isn't it? I'm just, yeah, I'm bored. That's week two. Which goes back to my point. I am a genius and I do know best. Right. And that's, that's what we call a closed mind over there. Anyway, um... That probably wraps it up, doesn't it? We've fucking got. We've waited on. For, we've fucking rabbited on for ages there, and I, I think collectively we've said about three vaguely profound things. Yeah, I mean, you can you can be the judge of that in the comments if you are still listening, which would be I'd be surprised on this episode to be honest. It's not <laughs> yeah. our finest work, but if you are still <laughs> if you are still listening, um, any takeaways that you've had from this episode would be very interesting. Cause, and I'd uh, love to hear them because I can't think of them myself. 
Exactly, yeah. So if you could highlight them, that'd be fantastic. And they, they, may, they, may, they may be all brass related. You never know. Because they were for me. Uh, anyway, um, cool. Next so episode, hopefully, will be another guest. But that remains to be seen because you've got to get the fucking yeah, so your ducks in a row. We're not going to make any promises at this moment in time. But if you have made it this far, you can, you know, 60 40 get yourselves excited for a guest. But I'm not going to commit to That's it. That's good, isn't it? Uh, yeah, cool. All right. I'll see you next week. Hopefully, with a guest. Goodbye.